will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake, to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. North Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Hello and welcome to the Stern Look. I'm Kangaroos Forever. For today's show, we have the evergreen Jay-Z. Welcome. Thank you. It's just the two of us tonight, so we'll jump straight into it. we thumbs up, thumbs down. So my thumbs up is, of course, Lockie Hansen's first game back for a long while. He was very, very good. And Robbie Tarrant just shows why he should be the All-Australian defender. He's an absolute champion. My thumbs down, evidently, is that first quarter and last quarter was absolutely shocking from last week's game. It's yeah. And the second thumbs down would have to be basic skills and pressure execution has been so poor the last two, three weeks. It's been shocking. Jay Z, anything else to add, positives and negatives? Well I deliberately didn't go with uh Hansen as one of my thumbs up because I figured you would. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I, I do have a one repeat in Robbie Tarrant. I don't think anybody could could say anything different. He was absolutely the shining light of Saturday's performances. We'll go into a bit later. Um, and yeah, I, I think he's without a doubt AA defender. And who would have thought? You know, what is it? Eighteen months ago that everyone was saying sick of Falkenham, him. He's done. Blah blah blah. And he's clearly our best defender at the moment. So big thumbs up to him. Yep. Um, the other thumbs up was uh, Ed Vickers-Willis, two dads. Got a two-year contract extension this week. Um, so good sign of faith, obviously, from the club. And um, from what I hear from our, our VFL expert, Nate, he's uh, looking pretty close to a game as well. So seems to be doing well, which is good. Um, thumbs down, yeah, that first quarter was terrible. Um, not much more you can say about it, really. Uh, the other f- ones, uh, Michael Hurley re-signing with the drug cheats was a big disappointment for me. He was the one sort of free agent or trade target that I really wanted. Um, and the only other one I had was Jed Anderson. I, I might be going a little early on this one, given he's only played seven games, but he just doesn't look anywhere near ready. He doesn't look like what we thought we were getting just yet, uh, and has just apart from having sort of disappointing stats, like only averaging 10 disposals and a couple of marks and not even half a goal, he just doesn't seem to have any composure, which you don't expect from a guy who's been in the system for four or five years at a couple of different clubs. Or at Hawthorne especially, you think. Yeah, exactly. He's been through the GOS Academy, he's gone to Hawthorne, now he's here, and he just there's first-year players that look like they have a lot more composure than him. It's a bit odd. But I might be being a bit harsh on him, given his... Had an injury interrupted the but hopefully he turns it around. Yeah, well, especially since we need that crumbing small forward, pressure forward, we seem to be lacking that with Jed at the moment, which is a bit disappointing. In any case, we'll move straight on to a bit of club discussion. Here's in the heat. As we said earlier, Vickers Wills, two years, that's fantastic, and hopefully he can get a game sooner rather than later. So just to change things up again, I know we spoke about this last week, but we'll move a bit deeper into a bit of list management for next year. I know it's a bit early, but still. So I'll just I'll just go name by name with you, Jay-Z, and basically I'll start off with, with the numbers. So Brad McKenzie, where's his future lie? 
<laughs> McKenzie's an interesting one. I um, have been a pretty big critic of his in the past. Um, I still think he's got a lot to work on and he's a little soft at times, but he's been given a fair crack this year and he's done pretty well most of the time. So I would keep him for my... Yep, I agree, definitely. Uh, we've spoken about Jed Anderson. There's not much to add, only a young player. So Lockie Hansen is an interesting one. We're, I'm only bringing him up because there is a bit of discussion that we should trade him. Do you agree? Mm, don't know about Hanson. That is an interesting one. I, I think it would really depend on what we can get. And as I said, I was I was super keen on Hurley, and if we got Hurley, I would let Hanson go in a heartbeat. But obviously, he's gone now, um, and I don't know. There's a whole lot else out there. So unless we can find you know, something out of the rough, I'd, I'd probably keep him as well. Well, it was mainly in discussion with Amira and packaging up maybe Black and Pick. I know that's fantasy at the moment, but packaging up with a decent Pick and Lockie Hansen up for the Gold Coast for Amira was the thinking behind that. Yeah, whereas if you were to get rid of Hansen, presumably Frito, if not this year, then, then next year, um, then that does leave you a little bit skinny if if Taron or Thompson do go down. Which is a good point, because Thompson's, what, 30, 31? Right? Hanson's 27. Yeah. 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 We can get a good four years out of Lockie if he doesn't concuss himself again. Yeah, and the concussion thing is also a concern. He, he's not far off what we saw with Patch at the end, who well, sort of seemed for a long time like he was one concussion away from retirement. And early this year, it was looking the same with Lockie. Oh, definitely. Like, I felt if he got concussed one more time, he was gone from basically any playing football again. It's really that concerning. Yeah, and anyway, we'll move... <laughs> Sorry about that. That was my fault. So we'll move straight on. So, Daniel Wells, you expect... To... Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah. we, we can't expect too much out of him. and I think we all know that he's a, a roughly a 15-game um, per-season player now, but we're crying out for that class and skills, so there's no way we get rid of him. Uh, Farida, you already thinking he's gone by the end of the year? Um, I said earlier in the week on the board, I think Spud's in that category where you make a decision after the finals. Um, it's a, an interesting one, but he's probably one of those guys that you try and put off as long as possible, see what's out there in terms of trades and, and free agents, because he's probably the guy that if we can't get anyone else, you keep. And if we do find a good replacement, you say... Thanks very much. Yeah. But but uh, I'd like to see how he goes during the final series. Yeah, I'm a bit different. Like I'm, I've always been a little bit critical so of him, so people are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but I feel that he's getting on a little bit in terms of rebound ability. I feel Hanson offers just as much, if not more, and I think Hanson will be an upgrade on Ferrito at the current position. I think we're too tall this week, but that's going way into the future. For the moment, I feel that he should retire end of the year. Yeah, Spud's one of those ones, um, and the reason why I'm sort of on the fence about letting him go isn't so much about um, a particular role or skill um, that he has. It's a bit of the mongrel that just seems to be lacking in anyone other than Tarrant in that backline. Mm. And the Hawks supporters absolutely smashed him on Saturday. Um, I was sitting in a, a bunch of Hawks supporters, and they despise him because of what he did earlier in the year. Um, and you kind of want that in your backline. I think 
every good side has that player that sort of gets under the skin and yeah, that's and great. Annoys the opposition. It's great, but we need other benefits other than that. That's more of a psychology type thing than anything else. Yeah, yeah. So really, it is a discussion worth having, but. I'm on the side of he should retire. I feel he's not offering as much as he should. Anyway, we'll move on. Nahas, or have you written him off? <laughs> I saw um, a great post after about the first two or three pages of the changes three. Um, I can't remember who posted it, but someone posted, um, I didn't hear that Robbie had changed his last name to never again. So <laughs> 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 uh, many people have just said, that's it. He's done no more Robbie, and as much as I've enjoyed, I think he's given us fantastic service for very little. I I tend to agree. I think he's he's cooked. Yep. Uh, next is I know you might roll your eyes a little bit, but Jared White. No, it's not so much a roll the eyes. It's Wade is one of those ones where I honestly um, don't really have an opinion because I don't think I have the information. Um, I think based off his form late last year and early this year, if the club feels he can be fit and his hips are okay, then he should go on. And if the club feels that he can't, then he should retire. And I don't think any supporter can really say one way or the other without detailed information on how bad the hip is. Exactly right. People assume because of his age, and that's the only reason why I'm asking you, is because of his age. If he was 28, I wouldn't be asking this question. But... That's the way it goes. Anyway, we'll move on to two that's probably be gone maybe at the end of the year in Black and Tippett. Your thoughts? Yeah, Black, I, I honestly can't see staying um, for a number of reasons. A, there's half a dozen players who are probably in front of him and he doesn't want to be in the VFL and B, because he just hasn't kicked on from whatever it was, 2013-14, when he was last a regular senior player. Um Tippett, I would probably try and keep on the rookie list if we could, just in case of a disaster, but I don't think he's going to magically become a, an AFL player after whatever it is, eight years in the system. Yep, uh, Mad Jack I think is going to get a new deal, so we don't need to mention him anymore, which is a good thing. Yeah, Mad Jack's for sure going to be re-signed, and thankfully came out a, a few weeks ago and, and said he doesn't want to move, so, so that's good. Yeah, well, you expect that after all the support, after the court case and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, but there, there was a lot of media speculation about other clubs chasing him, so it was good for him to come out and say, you know, that backs yeah. me and I'm, I'm not going anywhere. Well, there was that expectation that you would say that because of the support we've given him over the years and he's been pushing his involvement into extracurricular activities. So, yeah. anyway, um, Farron Ray, I don't think he'll be <laughs> No comment. Yeah, righto. Uh, we'll move on. Proust will be on. I know he's on the rookie list at the moment, but he'll be fine. Yep. Uh, Fordham is an interesting one. I feel he'll be here next year, but maybe? Yeah. He, I think he's, for me, probably in that one more category. Um, we tend to, in, in probably in most people's opinions, we, we tend to be pretty lenient with the one more and maybe give one too many <laughs> in some cases. But... Um, He's a bit of a giver replacement in a way, isn't he? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but he's, he's just a, t- a type of player that we don't have a whole lot of, and that's why I'd, I'd probably give him one more year to see if he can make it. Right. Well, that was a good discussion. I pretty much agree with most of what Jay-Z says, which is actually quite common. I always agree with <laughs> most people. 
I, I would like to disagree with Philly more, but he scares me a little. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll go away from there. We'll move straight on. One, one the, more um, yep. that we didn't get onto, um, or two actually. What are your thoughts on Petrie and Del Santo? Uh, oh, you know my thoughts on Del Santo. Basically, look, he's done what he's required to do when we picked him up. But I feel the game is passing him by very quickly. His brand of football just does not stack up against fast-paced teams. And he's he's not hard enough to win the contested football against some of these absolute powerhouses. He's just not that reliable as he used to be. So I feel he'll be gone next year. Petrie, Petrie's an interesting one. His form's picked up again. And I know he's looking towards maybe another year. But I don't know. I, I kind of see him want to move on. So I want to see Brown, Dorr, Wood, you know, McKay... I want to see that kind of experiment next year. But, I don't know, um, and even maybe chucking Harvey into the conversation. I know people are going to go, mm-hmm. but I, I, I felt towards the early part of this year that he should, this should be his last year. But I know people are going to disagree with that. So I'll just leave it at that <laughs> before, <laughs> before I get lynched. But anyway, uh, I know a lot of people are now leaning towards that because of his poor game. But anyway. Anything else to add on that, JC? Yeah, I kind of get where a lot of people are coming from with Del Santo and with Petri. I, I know up until four weeks ago, I, I think most people, 99% of people would have said Petri was cooked. Um, but with his turnaround and, and with weights issues, that maybe opens the door slightly. But I, I do think it's probably time to move on. I think Brown's ready um, to take over that role. Um, and Del Santo... Yeah, it's probably done um, unless he pulls out an amazing final series. I, I think he's he is capable of that, but we just haven't seen it this year. I know people think I'm very critical of him, and I know maybe some people from the club will listen to this, but it, he just hasn't been putting in the consistent efforts that we we expect of a high quality player in an important position. Yeah, and um, what's Spinner as his name these days? Fethida Jazza or something? Yeah, Fethida Jazza. Um, he raised an interesting point um, on the board this week in, in terms of Del Santo and Harvey and the fact that they are essentially one-way players and whether that is having a, a negative effect on the culture, um, which again is one of those things that it's pretty hard to judge from outside the club, but perhaps if that is the case, then we'd be better off moving on and, and setting a standard that every single player has to live up to, because you can't really get away with too many one-way players in, in today's football. No, well, Hawthorne can, but they've got that many small forwards. Anyway, I'll move on from that. <laughs> I don't have a high opinion of some of Hawthorne's front runners, but anyway. We'll move on to questions. So, basically, uh, yeah, we've talked about Harvey. Basically, Slider asks, surely we resign him? We can't get sucked in by media reports after an average performance. <laughs> Does he go on? Um, well, you sort of said no. I, I'm in the yes category. Um, I think I think it's one of those things where, like you said with weight before, if he was 28, and I know he's not, he's 38, but <laughs> would we be asking this question? Because like, I, I think Boomer's almost the exception, where a lot of players, you say, all right, they're 34, 35, whatever, you know, going to fall off a cliff eventually, one injury away from retirement, etc., etc. Boomer's not. He's immortal, almost. <laughs> um, so I think so long as his form warrants it, he, he plays. I don't think he's really 
um, sort of keeping any of our juniors back. You know, the, the types of small forwards that we've got, Garner can't get on the park, um, Turner's had issues with hamstrings, Higgins is somewhat unreliable with injuries as well. I definitely see him going on. Anyway, everyone knows my opinion on it, so we'll move straight on. So I've got a lengthy question from Jan80. It's basically about our form we had in the first quarter where we absolutely capitulated to Hawthorne. And he's really asking, is there something afoot at the club in terms of, you know, has Brad lost the players? Do you think players and coaches are feeling the pressure? What What's going wrong? Jay-Z. I'd be a very rich man if I had the perfect answer to this. But <laughs> uh, well, we aren't, so... <laughs> um, in my opinion, no. It's not a matter of, you know, internal um, issues or the coach losing the players or anything like that. Um, we'll go into this more later, but I think the Hawks came out absolutely breathing fire. They absolutely smashed us in the middle, um, and we just couldn't get forward at all. And... Part of that was skills. Um, part of it was probably superior effort and work rate on their part. Um, and the major issue I saw that we really need to address is that engine room's just not working. Even even when Goldie is winning the taps, we're still not winning it out of the centre for some reason. So that's probably the big issue that I think we need to address, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. Is the clearance structures, you feel, isn't up to standard? Yeah, and... Part of that's because we had a number of our key midfielders who had poor games. Swallow was down, Wells was down, Cunnington was down. Cunnington just looked slow to me. Like, I know he's not hard <laughs> to start with, but he actually looked like he couldn't get out of a crab wall. He really did. And I, I, I don't want to repeat myself over and over again because I've been very critical of Cunnington throughout the year on this show. Um, but I really hope he's injured because he just he looked so slow and so many times... He tried to fend off or take on tackles and got caught on the ball. And I don't know what it is with him, but he's he's just not the player that we all think he, he should be at the moment. I think it's a bit of a confidence thing as well as injury that he doesn't have the same confidence in his body to actually... If he doesn't have the confidence, why is he trying to burst through five tackles? Well, no, confidence in terms of taking off, running, etc. Like, yeah, fending off's one thing, but taking off and actually making a defensive effort to go, oh, stuff it. And you're right, it, comes back to standards. I don't think the standards are quite there with the players. Yeah, which has been my... I mean, there's been a lot of criticism about Swallow um, during the week, and a lot of it justified. He was pretty poor, and his disposal was absolutely shocking. Um, the one shining positive I see with Spitter is that he sets the defensive standard in the midfield, and I just don't see it when he's not there. Yeah, exactly right. As soon as you chuck Spitter out of there, where do you put him? And then... The other problem is it doesn't set, as you said, that defensive standard in the midfield. Jay-Z tries, but the thing is, he's not always in there at the moment. He's at, we're forced to play half-forward at the moment. And you're chucking Cunners, and Cunners, unless they're right next to him, he's not going to tackle anyone. He's not going to run down players. Who else we've got? Jamont. Jamont tries hard, but he's, you know, he's a kid. You, don't, you can't expect him to be a bull. Yeah. Ryan Clark, the guy's playing with a half-busted shoulder in his first freaking year. You can't expect too much from him. And then we're never chucking Thomas and Harvey and Delsano. And Thomas, I think, has been a revelation. He's been the one positive running through the middle. And I think that's... We, we talked and I really sort of debunked the, the, the plan B thing last week, so I won't harp on that. But <laughs> <laughs> we've been desperate for pace. I, I think 
in, in my rather uneducated opinion, that's the major issue with our midfield structure at the moment is when you have Swallow, Zeeble and Cainton in there, or even Del Santo, as soon as you get a Cyril or a Smith or any sort of fast player that can grab a handball and run away, none of them can catch anybody. We're missing Higgins, we're missing so much class and pace in there. and um, That's the disappointment in Anderson, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, yeah, I, he talked, I mean, I, I talked to him a bit at the um, the pre-season function for the sponsors, um, and he said that he saw himself as a mid-slash-forward, and at the moment he's a disappointing half-forward with no midfield time. He's just so far off what we sort of hoped he would be, um, and we're crying out for a, a bit of pace and class running through the midfield. Yep. Uh, well, let me see... Robin Nahas question. Uh, we might skip that one. It's a bit too rude from Grady Gatsby. Betty's appendages. We've talked about that appendage too much on this show. Um, what <laughs> else could we add? Uh, boomer question, boomer question, boomer question. Really, that's really it in terms of questions. There wasn't a heap. A few I've skipped because they're just not exactly appropriate or that you just can't read them properly. Guess so. <laughs> um, so... In my haste, I've skipped the VFL, so we'll quickly come back to that. And there's not much to come back to. It was a horrible loss against Melbourne's second side. Uh, it was horrible. Uh, it was a return of Jacobs and Wright, which was good. Wright had very limited game time. He was pretty much done by the third quarter. Jacobs played at almost full forward at some stages, so I wouldn't read too much into that. Um, he play? Uh, I read um, slightly differently. I thought he played... Oh, he played on Trengo for the he first played two, Yeah, he played two or three quarters in his normal role and then basically sat in the forward pocket for the rest of the game. Yeah, pretty much. That's him. Um, which isn't a bad easing back in. That's not a bad start. And he's not a bad kick for goal either, so it's not the worst thing in the world. Um, I've, and he got 17 disposals. Like, that's that's not too bad coming back from an injury. Uh, Sam Bright, seven disposals, but he's a defender and he had limited game time, so I'm not too concerned about that. He pulled up pretty sore by all reports, so that's probably why he wasn't straight in this week. So people expecting that were a bit optimistic. Dirds kicked two goals, which is, I'm quite impressed by the fact that we got smashed. His form's been very good lately. I think he kicked four the week before as well. I, there's something there, I'm just not sure quite what it is. Uh, I, I'm happy. I think his skills are fine. It's, I know, I think he just needs development. Well, it's interesting because when he was drafted, there was a lot of debate about where he'd play, whether it was forward or back, or he, even in his uh, draft year, I think he played a lot on the ruck. Yep. Um, this year, the, the club sort of seems to have settled on the fact that they want him to be a forward, um, which I think is the right call. And so far, in the last couple of weeks or anything to go by, he, he seems to be settling in reasonably well, so... So you think McKay will go, because we're going to need a long-term defensive back, and I think besides Vickers Willis and Nelson, we need one more, and McKay might be that. I, I prefer him as a forward. He seems like a natural forward to me. but Yeah, I haven't seen a whole lot of him, but he did seem like a natural forward as well, but so was Robbie Tarrant, and look at him now. He reminds me a lot <laughs> of Robbie Tarrant. He has that aggression about him. I know he hasn't got a lot of the footy, but he just has that natural aggression and angriness about him. That he, you know, he wants the football. He fights for the football when he can. I love the terror. If we could instill that in all our backmen, I would be very, very happy. He just takes absolutely no shit, and I love it. Mm. Uh, There's been a few times, particularly in the two Hawthorne games, the one on the weekend and the one earlier in the season, where they, 
one of the smaller Hawthorne players has tried to get into him with the, you know, jumper punches and whatever, and he's just belted them full force in the chest, and they've gone, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I think Cyril tried that once, and he, he kind of regretted it straight afterwards. <laughs> yeah, they, they kind of start it, and then they remember the physique that he has, and oh, he's a, absolutely everyone in his family has, and go, maybe I'm fighting outside my weight division here. Mm. That's interesting. I've been having a think about it this year. I think as a defender, he's better than his brother, but his brother is the better forward. Yeah, we'll see See how long he... I, I think he's probably got a couple more years playing at this level to justify that. Um, his brother was a pretty good player for a number of years, Yeah, but, but he's showing terrific signs for a guy who's, what, 26 or something. He's yeah. going to be an absolute gun. He already is a gun. And Funny enough, I'm that's so, around I'm the age. so, so glad we found him. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, that's around the age. Um, Chris went back to defence, which is quite funny. <laughs> Isn't it a bit ironic? Uh, uh, yeah, a few years, but I feel he'll be a better defender than his brother. Because I think his brother was, he was a cast forward in his time. Like, he was an absolute champion in his time. Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Mitch Hibbert, 18 disposals. Uh, he's coming along quite nicely, I think. We kind of miss... We're going to need that kind of player next year, I feel... We need him to come along leaps and bounds next preseason. Yeah. Who do you see him replacing? Spud. Yeah, Spud's thinking. Uh, Spud, or McMillan up the field, push him back, because he's the same type of height. Yeah, though I do worry if you take... McMillan out, yeah. Particularly if you take Spud out, who's the general back there without McMillan? Well... I mean, Wright, Wright can do that, but McMillan is, as we saw, particularly... Uh, I can't remember which game it was, and he had the microphone on. He is the boss of that back six when he's down there. Yeah. So how do you... I'll, I'll see if I can go through this back six just at the top of my head. So we've got Wright, Thompson, Hanson. Yeah, that's the back three. Just jumping whenever, and this is where I'm having a bit of trouble. Um, Vickers, Willis, Hibbard, and Tarrant. Interesting. Yeah, like I obviously changed it. The, I, I think... Um, and we're going to see a lot on Saturday, but I think there's room for one of Hanson and Spud and not both. Um, you can only have one. Yeah, sorry, I've got Atlee too. Jeez. We're playing all four this weekend, so that worries me a little. Um, but I think Atlee um, certainly should be in that group and also McDonald. So I would have McDonald, Atlee... Um, no, you're right too. Yeah. Tarrant. One of Frodo and Hanson and Thompson is probably the group still, and with you know two dads and and Hibbard pushing for that next opportunity. Yeah, so Hibbard and Vickers are playing for McDonald's and right spot really. And Mackenzie, if he stays, I think Mullet goes out as soon as we can get some of those other halfback linkers back. Yeah, that's another one we've got to talk about. Jeez, we've talked about a few. Um, There's a lot yeah, of big I- decisions to be made in October. Right, so, yeah, you're right. So I'll go right, Tarrant, Thompson, and then Atley, McDonald. Yeah, I see that. And then maybe Hans on the bench, and we can push maybe right or McDonald further up on the wing. I don't know. Anyway, that's a discussion for next year. Uh, Tippett played apparently very well. I didn't watch any of this, so you had to take my word for it. Uh, Nielsen did a somewhat of an alright job. Bruce, Bruce did alright. He's not getting a heap of the ball, though. Uh, Wagner, eight tackles, which is what we like to see, and 11 disposals, though he's only a short little thing. Really, it wasn't pretty. We got absolutely belted. Matt Hanson from the Werribee side, he's going to be one to look at in terms of the draft. I'll say he might get picked up on a rookie list at least. 
I'd be shocked if he isn't picked based off the little bit of EFL and the stats that I've seen this year. He's dominating. Yeah, he's going very well. Uh, so basically this week it's against the good old Bathwater Dogs at Avalon Airport on Sunday, 12 o'clock. So tune in for Giant Roos coverage. <laughs> You're in the remaining football club called Footscray. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we'll move straight on to the good old review. Do we want to talk about this game? I think we kind of have to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll sum it up. First quarter was absolute crap. Second quarter was good. Third quarter was good. We stuffed up too many opportunities in the third. And then we just couldn't kick a score in the fourth quarter. That sums it up. Basically, too inconsistent with our pressure. Our class is just non-existent. Our leg speed, yes, it is lacking. But I think we cover well enough at times. It's just during opposition bursts, it's it's when it hurts us a lot. Uh, Tarrant had a very good match. Hanson had a very good match. Especially running back against the flight. That was absolutely... Atley was putrid. He was not that great, to be honest. We needed him to stand up. J-Mac had a bit of a interesting game. We won't go into that, because Philly Roo might murder me. Um, <laughs> Goldie. Goldie's trying, but as, as you said earlier, he's, we're just not reading the taps. Our midfield as a whole was very poor. Swallow tried, but his disposal was, wasn't great, going, especially going inside 50. Zebel tried, but he, even his disposal wasn't fa- super fantastic. Forward line, forward line struggled a bit without Brown. I thought Dorr was a real shining eye. I know he didn't kick much in terms of scoreboard, but his sheer presence, him and Petrie actually looked quite dangerous most of the game, which was good. But we just butchered the ball going inside 50 too many times, especially in that third quarter when we're just two goals down, and that's what killed us in the end. That yep. was the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, I agree with a lot of that. Um, Tarrant and Hanson, probably clearly the two shining lights. Um, I was having a, a talk with a few of the guys that I went with um, I think it was during the third quarter and talking about how good Terrence has been and how he's going to be All-Australian and whatever. And just in the 60 seconds that we were discussing him, I reckon he took another three or four intercept marks. It was just, yep, he, there he is again. There he, he is took, again. <laughs> he took something like four or five contested marks in the f- um, and six intercept marks in the first half. Yeah. That's crazy. Absolutely killing him. He was a gun. Um, which is terrific to see, and I really hope he gets reward at the end of the he year. Kept, and he kept Gunston to what one goal or something like that, and that was at the end. Yeah, he's certainly got his measure now. He's pantsed him twice this year. Yeah. Well, I think Gunston's a bit weak one-on-one sometimes. He's very good out in the lead or doubling back, but getting one-on-one against a very strong boy, and he will struggle. Well, I think that's underrating him a little bit. I think a Gunston, little bit. I know that's very I think Gunston is a fantastic player. And I think Tarrant is the perfect matchup because he has that speed off yep. the mark and is very strong, which is exactly what you need to beat Gunster. You need a fast grill, basically. Yep. You need a faster version of Lake to beat him, basically. Oh, God. Don't I know that's a bad thing to say, but <laughs> that's the type of defender that Lake was. He was a grill. Don't mention Lake. I, I know, but. Lost the plot when. He's not as first... stupid as to say that. But no, in the first quarter, Petrie took a mark and all the Hawthorne supporters around me booed him, presumably because of like, because he hadn't done anything yet. It was like his first possession of the game. I'm like, are you serious? Yeah, they're, they're a bit strange Hawk supporters. I have one. Strange is being very kind. I have a very low opinion of Hawthorne supporters. Well, it was one not of enhanced them, on Saturday. Well, I posted a video of the Hanson bump um, on Gibson, which was quite amusing. I laughed a good five minutes after that. Um, and I called him Squibson in the title, 
And then one numpty decided to troll my entire YouTube page for about two days, questioning why I called him Squibson. <laughs> yeah, they're very, very precious. It was they are, aren't they? You can't say one thing about them. I actually pissed myself laughing because I had... Um, I don't know when it was, but sometime during the game, one of the Hulk supporters around me yelled out, oh, bloody north, they always get the favourites from the umpires. They won free premierships from umpires. I just went, jeez, that's a bit rich coming from a Hawthorne supporter, but I didn't comment because I was in a group surrounded by Hawthorne supporters, and I just went, wow, you really just expect everything handed to you on a platter, don't you? <laughs> that's the thing, they're, bit, they're becoming very much, I know you're not super familiar with the APL, but they're like Man City, you know, generic, Plastic style fans. I'm, not, I'm sorry for Man City fans, but a lot of your supporters are plastic self entitled well, fans. There are a lot of. I mean, they've got a huge supporter base, and I'm sure there are a lot of um, genuine proper supporters out there. <laughs> um, but there are a lot of bandwagoners, and they're really arrogant and really annoying. And yeah, it just pisses me off. I like to run a test with. I've got a few Hawthorne supporters in my friendship group. Um, and I sort of run this test to, to qualify them and ask them if they know who Richie Vandenberg is. <laughs> yeah, probably half of them. Yeah, exactly. And you go, okay, bandwagon it. Don't care about you. Go away. <laughs> Without those premierships and the bandwagon, they'll probably have maybe 50,000 members, if that's being about right. If they didn't win those premierships, they'll be in the same boat as us, essentially, set 5,000 extra members. Yeah, well, to their credit, they were in the same boat as us 20 years ago. Yeah, and they've done very well. They, the, the way they, they've marked they were, that. They were as close to merging with Melbourne as we were with Fitzroy. And they have absolutely turned it around and turned back into the powerhouse they were in the 80s. So, oh, they've credit, quite... credit to the football club. They're a fantastic organisation, but God, their supporters are campaigners. Yeah, well, that's what's <laughs> making the money. After 2008, they've done what we should have done in 1999 and afterwards. Or even after 96. They just <laughs> franchised the crap out of it. Like they they up the merchandise, they up the memberships, the pet memberships, everything. I think every single person involved with the club at the time acknowledged that we massively failed to capitalise on the success of the late 90s financially. Yeah. That, maybe that was landed in such a hole. Well, maybe it was just the period. I think maybe maybe that's it. Maybe Hawthorne got lucky for a good period. Who knows? But they, they've done them fantastically well, and credit to them. And most of their supporters pre-2008 are pretty good. Posters. It's just a few of them are a bit self-entitled. Anyway, we're moving a bit off from there. Um, <laughs> we're moving. We always talk about opposition clubs posters podcast. Um, the bad well, we, habit. We we don't have a um, a guest on, then we can talk a bit more freely. <laughs> yeah, I know. I have to bite my tongue a bit, especially on, especially this um, week on the Sydney board. I spent half my week on there. Oh really? Oh, geez. I, I went there for five minutes and went, yep, you're all still, you know what, I'm leaving. <laughs> uh, no, it's been all right because we've all kind of taken to um, making fun of Von because of her role in the McDonald's ad. So it's quite satisfying. Von's a um, um, lady of Asiatic descent. He loves Luke Parker and it's from that Parker ad. <laughs> we kind of take the piss out of her right. universally. <laughs> anyway, that's way off topic. Von's been uh, guest a couple of times, but... Yeah. 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 Anyway, we'll finish uh, off the review. <laughs> Anything else to add? Um, not really. I think you pretty much summed it up. I, I think the first quarter was obviously putrid. Um, it looked exactly like a, a first versus eighth game, which is what it was. A small part of me had held hope that we'd come out and play like we did last time. Um, but that obviously was stuffed out very quickly. 
you know, the only sort of hope that we can take out of it, other than obviously Tarrant, as we spoke about, um, is the fact that we've got so many players out and hope that injuries is the real excuse. Um, not that I'm trying to make excuses because you can't for that first quarter. It was just deplorable. But the only real positive that you can try and stay optimistic about, I guess, is hopefully we'll get some of those those players back soon because we are missing probably 10 of our best 42 and most of them forwards. So that's a real struggle at the moment. Yeah, and it's class users, really, that um, have been injured. Yeah, that's that's basically all. We're missing skill and and class around the ball and forwards and Brown and, sorry, um, Petrie and Dorr played pretty well, but it's just nowhere near what we'd have if we had a weight and a Brown and a Wood and those sort of players available. Yeah, well, I don't expect Wood to come, maybe if we go World right in finals, but yeah. I, I don't Wood's expect him. Yeah, I don't expect him to come back, but I'm, That's I'm, fine. I'm hopeful of... At least Brown, Higgins, right. maybe Turner at a stretch to sort of improve that forward line. I mm. don't know about weight. And yeah, right, McDonald and probably Jacobs in the, the back line slash midfield, hopefully. But it's going to be a huge risk. And there's been a lot of discussion on this board um, during the week about whether we can bring them back and whatnot, given there's only two weeks left and we haven't brought many of them back this week. So yeah, interesting to see how they go. Yeah, definitely. Well, let's straight on to the preview then, because I had a longer discussion than I thought we would, about opposition clubs. Um, <laughs> so, ins and outs, really, Thompson and Brown back, everyone knows that. Nahas and Clark omitted, though Clark may be a late in for Gibson, but apparently Gibson's fine to go after breaking his nose, running into Argent's fist, I mean, dumbbell, I mean, yep. Um, <laughs> Arjun tried his best, but he hasn't broken the streak just yet. You just know he's got a voodoo doll of him. Um, McGlynn, <laughs> uh, uh, Tippett are in. Tippett is a good in for them. Then Curvis and Jackson have a surprise one, though he did pick up a late foot injury. So we'll go straight into matchups. We may as well. So Tippett and Naismith against Gold, Goldie and Dor. It should be interesting. Uh, our back line, so this is... Interesting. So Tarrant would go straight to Franklin. That's a bit of a... Uh, Thompson to Xavier Richards, who's around the same height as him, so that's really spot on. J-Mac goes straight to Heaney. Uh, who else could we go to? In terms of Spud, I don't see much, much of a... Maybe a Dean Towers type, or whoever's resting forward. Papley and Hewitt, probably the Atley. Sorry, Hewitt. And Papley against Atley. Too many A's there. <laughs> uh, Rowan, I don't know. I know you take a shot at all. I'm struggling. <laughs> I have a bit of a different um, view because I rate Thompson's performances in the past against Buddy, and I would give him first shot again. I think he tends to do pretty well against him and, and gets under his skin, which, although is pretty easy to do, I think that's pretty much the key to beating Franklin, is push him outside the 50 and annoy him, because he tends to be a bit stupid when he gets angry. Well, he's stupid, that's the thing. Um, so I, I see Tarrant going to Tippett, actually. Um, Tippett's yep. as much of a danger man as Franklin. He was in very good form before he got injured. Um, and then Spud on Towers or whoever's resting down there. Um but I, I think the, the the key forwards that they have in Franklin and Tippett obviously are the, the main dangers usually. Um, whether it's their crummers or their midfield, they always find a way to, to get goals from their smalls. Um, 
So, as you said, Goldstein and Dorr versus Naismith and Tippett will be absolutely critical. Yep. Um, Goldie's really got to find it this week if we're to have any chance. Um, Midfield will go head-to-head. Uh, yeah, Kennedy, Parker, Hanabry, Swallow, Cunnington, Zeeble, you pretty much see all of those guys basically bullying around and, and doing their usual thing. Um, Kennedy's been absolutely smashing it lately, so... Oh, joy. If we had a Jacobs, I'd love him to be on him, but we don't, so... <laughs> I'll get him to sit on Hanover, but anyway. Hanover's... Yeah, true. Hanover Han- is much more susceptible to tag, but... Yeah, well, Kennedy, you kind of can't, but anyway. Uh, maybe if given Cunnington's not doing a whole lot else, maybe we try and have Cunnington, or, or maybe Jamont, actually. Jamont's been doing a bit of a... Against Kennedy, I can say Somewhat that. tagging role, and is more of an inside midfielder, so maybe Jamont tries and sort of sits on Kennedy might be a good good matchup there. Um, I think Aaliyah Aaliyah on door is probably going to happen, much yep. to the Sydney board's delight, because they love to think that they've got the all-time greatest backman or whatever they think he is. <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've posted during the week, it's pretty easy being a defender when you've got Sydney's mid- It really is. Like, they carried Grundy for the last two years because of that. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think obviously I feel like I say this every week. But if we're to have any chance, we have to pull all stops out of the midfield. We've been getting smashed in there recently. And we need to convert. Christ's sake, can we just convert? Oh yes. Because I'm getting That's... sick of Petrie or another player kicking behind. Hang and on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You know Petrie's kicked like five goals straight the last couple of weeks. Yes, I know. It's great. <laughs> but I was about to say Petrie or another player. Because <laughs> in the past, it's been Peachy guilty of this. They kick it behind, we kick it behind, and they run up the other side of the ground and kick a goal. The five-point play. <laughs> I'll coin that too. Hanson... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the wind in Dane Tassie will always be a bit of a factor with the goal kicking, but hopefully we're a lot more used to it than they are. And as you said, can hopefully... It's not kicking 12 ones. goals in a quarter that one time. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know how they did that. Anyway, uh, Hanson won't be forward. He'll, you'll probably go on the Richards then. He's about the same height. Or yeah, we'll play I, loose. I doubt we'll play loose, especially against Sydney. I forgot to mention that. I, I said to you in the in the pre-show that both coaches are taking the piss a little bit this week. We well, can't have Petrie, Brown, Hanson, Dawn in the same forward. Yeah, we've got those four named in the same forward line. Hanson's named on a half-forward flank, lining up on Jarek McVeigh. Yeah, okay. Um... <laughs> And Gary Rowan's named it full forward for them. <laughs> yes. Well, they, but they really don't care. They just sort of throw names that are bored now, I reckon, when they put the team sheet out. Well, the thing is, though, Hanson and Ferreira, they do change opponents quite often when they go up the ground. But when Thompson and Tarrant, they drop off their opponents, Hanson and Ferreira are the ones that typically follow them up the field. And they change opponents that many times during yeah. the game. Like, yeah, Hanson plays on midfield at half-time. He played on... Bruised and serial times last week. We've had a lot of success in the past with with the sort of Thompson Spud combo on Buddy, where Thompson plays on him once he's inside fifty and then zones off and sort of sits in the hole, and Spud basically plays on him up on a wing. Mm. Um, so I expect similar sort of style probably to continue. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we'll look in terms of matchups. So pretty much for the forwards, like midfield. Look, they'll just go head to head. There's no much point. Everyone's got their own theories on that anyway. <laughs> Uh, Grundy, I actually see going to Petrie. I see yeah, Aaliyah yeah. Lear to Brown. Nick Smith will just sit on Thomas all game like he always does. Sadly. Neil. He doesn't have a very good record, unfortunately. Well, Nick Smith's all class. He, 
Next step is absolute guns. Oh, that's what we're lacking a player like him. We really are. I, I rate him very highly, and unfortunately, every time we play Sydney, he gives Thomas a bath. So I don't have great hopes for Thomas. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mills sit on Harvey or McVeigh sit on Harvey. Actually, that worked for him last time pretty well because Harvey refused to chase McVeigh, which was annoying the crap out of me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, Mills will probably go to an Anderson. And Rampy, I expect to nudge, try and nudge Majak under the ball and intercept and play that annoying role that he does because he's an absolute gun. Jeez, they've got some guns. Um, really, emergencies, Ryan Clark just quickly, Nahas and Tippett, that's not very confident. And Marsh and Kervis and James Rose, another future gun apparently, <laughs> onto the Sydney board. Uh, our interchange doesn't inspire me with a lot of confidence in McKenzie, Anderson, Mullet and Gibson. Oh, no. Gibson might be laid out for Clark, but I really doubt it. Like, he, if he was going to be out, he would have been out tonight. So. Yeah, I agree. That's fine. Um. Yeah, we've seen this. I see this as a, you know, 100 to 80 type of thing, scoreline. Like, it's a bit of a shootout, but it's not quite a shootout kind of game. I uh, really expect it to be that high scoring. I think it'd be a little bit lower than that, but I honestly don't give us um, too much of a chance. Um, Sydney, if been in absolute ripping form, and I think they've won their last three by 12 goals or something. Um, and the, the reason I just said, oh no, a few seconds ago, looking at the uh, the team lists, um, our umpires for this week are Jordan Bannister, Justin Shit, and Simon Meredith. So yeah, we're screwed. <laughs> oh joy. Oh Schmidt. Oh god. God, he's such a punchable flog. He's on my shit list. I've got a long shit list, by the way. <laughs> if one can tell, I've got a very long shit list. Uh, <laughs> anything... So you reckon it'll just be Sydney easily at pressurous, and we just cough it up too much, bombing it to Grundy and Ali? Sadly, yeah, though. I mean, I guess the, the only sort of um, hope that we have is, is the Tassie advantage. I do think we have a bit of a home ground advantage down there. Though Sydney are one of the, I think, the two sides that have actually beaten us. I think the other one was West Coast. Um, but we do definitely have a home ground advantage down there, so maybe if we play the conditions a bit better and our midfield picks up some slack, then uh, we might have a chance. But at the moment, they're probably one of, if not the best side in the competition in terms of form. So. Yep. Well, the two keys are, oh, the three keys, but contested football is the first one. We need to win the contested football. Two, yeah. the clearances mm-hmm. and the pressure. I know I combine those two, but they kind of go hand in hand. They should anyway. And three, we just capitalise on every single opportunity we have. I want to see 15 goals two at the end of the day kind of thing. That's what I want to see. That's yeah, good, good luck with that in Tassie, I think. <laughs> well, some days we're like that, and then other days you just go, what the hell are we doing? Do remember rem- the wind when we played Melbourne down there? Was- oh, don't remind me. <laughs> no, Dean freaking Kent. Biggest potato who got three possessions in the game the week before kicked four on us. Yeah, we played him in the form the carriage. <laughs> Speaking of carriage, what nominations have you got? Oh, I've been looking forward to this. Benny McGlynn, you front running free goal annoying little campaigner. <laughs> Here's my prediction. You'll kick three goals, twenty possessions, and just annoy everyone. Um just in terms of candidates, I'll go through them quickly for you. Um Cunningham. He's pretty much one. Doesn't he play for us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, jeez, oh who else can we do? Uh, Heath Grundy is another one. Jared McVeigh's almost there. 
Really, and Sam Naismith, and that's really it. Okay, I'm going to pick two that weren't on your list. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. My two nominations. Um, Aaliyah Aaliyah, who I think... Oh, I was going off the 20-game kind of requirement. Oh, uh, that's a good point. He probably doesn't qualify. All right, well, I'll scratch him um, and just go with Gary Rowans. <laughs> oh, good old Gary uh, Rowan. Fresh from a contract extension. Good luck yeah, to him. <laughs> Do not rate him at all, was it? No, not last year. We beat them in the final last year. The year before, when we played them in a final, and he just ran and ran and ran and absolutely cut us up. And with our Land of the Giants team that we've gone in this week with no speed, I, I'm i predicting another Gary Rowan show. <laughs> what, with four goals, 20 possessions? Oh, it depends. Depends on where he lines up. If he does line up at full forward, maybe. <laughs> what did he get last week? Seven possessions or something like that. He's a bit of a... He's a front runner. But he does have a lot of run and a lot of speed, and we have neither of those, so... Yeah, he's basically just Lewis Jetta Mark II. He really is. That's a bit harsh. (laughs) 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 Anyway, any final thoughts before we finish up? Uh, God help us all, and let's hope we get a miraculous win. <laughs> yep, I echo those thoughts. Uh, thanks for listening. I know I said a lot of crap tonight, so just excuse me. I've had a few to drink tonight, so a bit slurred. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank Jay Z for jumping on, the brave soul that he is. Thanks for that. No worries. And thanks for listening, guys. I hope you did stick with it. I'm, I do apologise for me. <laughs> Goodbye.